What do you think? I think we're dead meat. Real dead meat. You're dead meat! Go ahead and laugh, you guys. If I ever find a little bastard of business, they're dead meat. Welcome to the Dead Meat Podcast, your horror safe haven. I'm Chelsea. And I'm James, and we're married, and we like to get scared together. We're talking about Nope this week. Nope. Yeah, yep, we're talking about yep, no. Nope. We're talking about no. Nope. Yes. Uh this I'm so fucking excited for this episode. Yeah, because me too. Last episode we talked about men and throughout it I said I was a, a a dummy stupid pants and I couldn't understand a lot of the themes and I wasn't prepared and uh equipped to explain a lot of the things. And I saw at least one comment saying, I hate when James calls himself dumb, because uh, sometimes he does a good job explaining stuff. I think I will do you good in this one? Because yeah. this movie I understood better. Because Jordan themes, or er, Jordan themes, Jordan, Jordan Peele's themes. movies are rich in themes, but they don't make me feel dumb. Yeah, I think that's what I really like about his movies, among many other things, is they're incredibly smart, but I never feel like I'm being talked down to by yeah. them. And I think that's a really hard thing to accomplish. I think they're smart and not pretentious. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. If you haven't seen Nope. Yeah, and I'm sorry if you have if you live somewhere where it hasn't come out yet. I'm oh, I feel that's really right outside yeah, the US, huh? I feel really bad. We just we just wanted to talk about this. They can come back. This. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. They can come back and, and listen to it then. But please, if you haven't, go see it, I would say. You know? In a theater I mean, this is such a great theater movie too, because it's the sound mixing is really cool and loud and just the scale of it is really neat it yeah. feels like a very summery uh blockbustery adventure absolutely kinda. and if you can and if you can afford it and it's available to you see it in imax yeah uh imax is not only picture size it is also the sound quality in those theaters but the picture it's shot so amazing. It looks so good. This is Christopher Nolan's cinematographer. Which is crazy to me. And that tells me that Christopher Nolan really favors kind of a desaturated palette. Because I could not have guessed if you asked me, like, what other filmmaker is this guy known for working with? Christopher mm -hmm. Nolan would be so far down on my list of, of guesses. Yeah, Hoyt Van Hoytema. Yeah. Which is, it sounds like a fake name. Yeah, yeah. It's great. But he shot, I believe, Tenet. Uh, let's see, The Fighter. Uh, oh, he shot Her. But then, okay. yeah, uh, Dunkirk and Interstellar. Like, huge Nolan movies. Her, I can see visually some of the same. Okay, that makes sense to me. Yeah, he, he was the cinematographer for this movie. It looks fucking great. Mm -hmm. It's fantastic. Um, I think it's funny. I think that it's... Here's the thing. When this movie ended the first time we saw it, we saw it twice. The first time was at the premiere, which was a really cool experience to go to. Uh, but the movie ended, and the credits started rolling, and I was like, that was good. I don't know if I loved it. Uh, then I just couldn't stop thinking about it for the next week. Yeah. The next two weeks. And then we decided to cover it on the podcast, went and saw it again, and it just solidified. I still I can't it's stop so thinking good. about it. I think this is my favorite Jordan Peele. I think it is a contender. I would have to rewatch Get Out and Us. I haven't seen them since I've covered them on the channel, but Nope is just sticking with me. Yeah, I'm basing that on just how, out of his three movies, this is the one where I've spent the longest afterwards, just really just turning it around in my head and 
there's just new things that I, I kind of discover about it the more that I pick at it. And the soundtrack's fucking great. I was listening to it the other day. And I don't know. It's just everything about it just hits I like so being well. there. I like being in that setting yeah. and place with those characters. That's another thing about Jordan Peele that he's really good at is visual signatures and motifs that stick with you. and Because like you think of Get Out, I think of the sunken place. Sunken I think place, of that fucking teacup, tea the... Yeah. Even her doing the weird thing with the milk and the Fruit Loops mm. just is a weird visual thing. And uh, us, even more so, the the red jumpsuits and the scissors and there's bunny rabbits and just all these little Hand visual across things. America. Yeah. yeah. And then this, there's so many little visual things that he's just so good at that. You know what it is, is one of the, the ways I think about that is, does this movie give me things to put on the set for the kill count? Cause like he's very good he's at that. Very good at <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, he makes it easy for you to decorate. For exactly. Sure. Cause like you know I I'm, I'm just been spending time with Don't Breathe too. It's just very whatever movie, but like that and many other movies are just they they're so grounded. They take place in our world in regular settings with regular people doing regular things. And it's like when it comes to decorating the sets, like I don't want to put a gun there. That's boring. I don't know what to put. Jordan Peele movies always give me plenty to put on there. We're going to wind up with a, a miniature wacky waving inflatable arm flailing tube, man. Absolutely. Just stick we on are. the set there. Yeah. <laughs> I think I also maybe just this movie is a little special because I had to unexpectedly do that cast interview all by myself. Oh yeah. Which was fucking terrifying. They're great. Uh, can I just say, if you haven't watched that, please go watch it. Cause five minutes long. I haven't watched it cause I can't. Uh, my social anxiety refuses to let me relive that interview. Uh, but I remember it going really well. And apparently the video is good. It's very good. Um, and me and Kiki Palmer are uh, best friends now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's right behind she's, that door. Yeah, here she is. No, she was like the nicest person. Yeah, and I like love it. her. Uh, yeah, I know that this movie got some backlash. I feel like that's just inherent to Jordan Peele at this point. I think any time a movie comes out now, where especially after the premiere night, where everyone's kind of raving about it, everyone's ready to be skeptical. Mm. I think that's just the nature of we all can instantly read each other's opinions about movies online. And, and then there's also Jordan Peele himself specifically, I think. Some people, uh, he's an amazing filmmaker. I think he's batting three for three. I know a lot of people didn't like us. I disagree. Yeah. But uh, I know that some fans of his really uh, are like, he's the best filmmaker ever. There's the viral tweet where (laughs) someone said he's the best horror director ever. And Jordan Peele himself responded and was like, please don't do this. And uh, there was, uh, you know, some people saying that they didn't understand it. And that it had plot holes or whatever. There was a... Plot holes? Fuck off. No. Plot holes? Absolutely not. Not understanding it? Fair. It There are a lot of ideas in this and it's juggling a lot. The second time I saw it, I... Okay, so when we when we first saw it, I remember thinking, I really, really loved this. I, I'm not sure if it all totally came together. And mm. then when I saw it a second time and was able to kind of appreciate the bigger picture of it, knowing everything that happens, I think it's totally fine like it i think it all comes together makes sense once you i think have another chance to absorb all of it yeah because if you're not used to watching movies and having to like think about thematic parallels and why two things that seem unrelated can actually support each other you might walk out of this movie being like what the fuck was with that monkey like why was there all of that yeah and 
that's fine. But what I don't like is people then being like, I, I didn't get that movie sucked. Like, like, I don't get it. Therefore, it sucked. Yeah. Because yeah. even with men, which we talked about last time, it was a, I felt as though we said I didn't understand it and I wanted to understand it and like look it up. And I know that some people are like, well, if you have to do that, then it's not a good movie. No, maybe no, you're just not thinking no. about it in the same terms that the filmmaker is, and that's okay, and you can challenge yourself and read about it. I'm just, the fucking Logan Paul thread. I know, it really pissed me off, just, too. It was, it was one thing when it was just his saying it's a shit, one of the worst movies he's seen because it, it didn't make sense, but then seeing replies to it being like, oh, man, I was going to see this. Now I'm that's, not. That's, that's what, what fucking sucks, yeah. man. Support, the, this is an original movie. Yeah, it's an original movie. It's not a, you oh, just shut your brain off and it's good kind of blockbuster. No, this is a very smart blockbuster. This feels like such a throwback to maybe more old school style big. It felt, you know, it reminded me of Jaws yeah, and Jaws Close Encounters, comparison. maybe mm -hmm. Tremors even a little bit. Very Tremors, yeah. It's, God, I, I just... It's it's a we, we all complain about how nothing is original anymore, and then we are given this amazing original thing, and I, I don't know. It's just there is original stuff being made, and we're very lucky that Jordan Peele has thus far been successful enough to then he's able to keep making stuff like this. Mm -hmm. And this this sci-fi adventure horror film that's not based on anything. Like it's so cool. Yeah. I love it. And you know. Also, you can have seen this movie and not like it, obviously. Yeah, That's yeah. fine. We're not saying that we're right, but I just think this movie's super impressive and we're going to talk about why. Yeah. If you also, if you want another take on this movie that isn't ours. I uh, didn't read that shit. It's Richard fucking Newby, great. I'm Richard Newby wrote a, an analysis of this film for The Hollywood Reporter. The very first sentence of which is, what's the deal with the chimp, mm -hmm. right? Because that's kind of what everyone is wondering after this movie. That or the shoe. <laughs> or the shoe, which is that same exact scene. So he knows that that, scene, you know, that whole storyline might be for many people like, oh, I don't get why this was there. And he does such a good job of basically arguing that that chimp is just the linchpin of the whole thing. Oh, yeah. It's, I feel that way I, entirely. I, yeah. As much as I love everything about this movie, the Stephen Young stuff is really what so drives it home as being also, so good, like great. He also, his storyline is all the scariest shit in this movie. Scariest, and he, I think his character is the most tragic and, and complicated. Yeah. It's so His, his character is really complicated. Yeah, I love it. Oh, fuck yeah. We're right, going to get into this. Go see it. We'll try not to record for three hours. I know. It's a it's a danger. We're holding Gressel hostage. But we took him to see the movie before, uh, before yeah, recording Yeah, hey, Gressel, this. you get to this week know what we're talking about. <laughs> I, I, I hate not having a microphone. He wants yeah. a mic so bad. I'm yeah, sorry, him, dude. We'll get you a mic. <laughs> it, yeah, we won't be talking about uh, dudes being born out of another dude's vagina, fully grown, or... <laughs> Uh, a giant creature with poopy, scabby, stop-motion balls. No, you've seen this movie. You're going to know what we're talking about. Or, uh, Your rules. Yes. Yeah. Gressel. Title that. Yeah. <laughs> Gressel gives it two thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs Those up. are two disembodied thumbs up. Speaking of the chimp, that's how the movie opens mm -hmm. with Gordy the yeah. chimp. And we get kind of a, it's the audio from this sitcom called You'd think Gordy's a guy Home. who could send a rocket to the moon would be better at picking out a birthday gift. Nope. <laughs> I think it's when this audio is first playing, we get this passage from the Bible. Uh, oh, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce this. N-A-H-U-M. 
Nahum. 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 Three six. Mm-hmm. I, shit, I had the. You had this up. The quote on my phone, and then it's about I, spectacle. It is about spectacle. Here, here's the thing about this movie: Jordan Peele wants you to get it. He, he, he gives you all the ingredients he, to understand. He gave you all the clues, this. Mr. Policeman. He did. He says the word spectacle. Stephen Young says spectacle so many times, and that's a big aspect of this movie. I think the two driving themes yeah. of this movie. This is the quote okay, that it opens with. I will cast abominable filth upon you, make you vile, and make you a spectacle. Yes. I think the two overarching Overarching, I always fuck it up because I'm whatever. Okay, whatever. Those themes of this movie are uh, uh, animal exploitation and uh, you know the dangers of that and what people do for spectacle and fame. Yeah, yeah. and also I think even beyond animal exploitation, just in general exploitation or just the what at what cost are we willing to. Uh, capture something entertaining or mm. at what at what point do we decide you know what i don't think it's right for me to be watching this yeah or, and that's where those two themes dovetail yeah. yeah uh those for sure keep those things in mind while you're maybe re-watching the movie which is very rewarding uh and while we're discussing it uh we hear the sitcom opening and then we we cut to this kind of wide shot uh this of the studio and clearly this chimp who is part of the sitcom has snapped as you so often. Chimps are scary. Um, I find chimps extremely frightening mm-hmm. um, in general. They're too smart. They're too smart and they are like. They're just muscly. Uh, they're just muscly tan- tantrum children. Yeah. It's like, it's amazing how they're one of those animals. I feel like it's them and hippos where they look like they would be so much fun. And that's the scariest thing about them. Like a chimp is like a little guy you can play with. Mm-hmm. And a hippo is just like a big fat little like water cow, but that's not fat. It's all fucking muscle and it <laughs> yeah. will crush you like yeah. a watermelon. It's yeah. So there's this actor chimp uh snapped and we see there's like a uh this kid actor's feet kind of sticking out clearly this chimp's just mauled like this entire cast on this set and we are um at first you can't tell but then i think when the chimp kind of looks directly into the audience which i think is on purpose it's a pov shot or at least we we discover that later i think it is neat that maybe we don't realize that right away and so gordy's just looking at us Mm -hmm. kind of looking at him and to have the first shot end with this animal looking into the camera also ties into a lot of things. There's a lot of things about eye contact and looking directly into someone's eyes. There's the the watching and spectacle thing like we've we've mentioned. And so I think this first shot really sets all that up. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you know, there's the mystery element of it. It's scary. And we'll get into it later we'll when it cuts the back shoe. to it. Yeah. Shoe. Everyone, everyone's problem is this fucking shoe <laughs> out of anything in this movie where we've got all kinds of creatures and aliens question mark everyone's like how the shoe land that way though why is standing it's a bad up miracle yeah it's a bad miracle exactly <laughs> uh we we cut to uh our main character oj who is daniel kaluuya with his dad uh i don't have the i think it's just otis senior yeah oj is otis jr yeah otis, oh okay yeah that makes sense yeah. <laughs> uh i just have keith david hart like with hearts in my notes my movie theater notes by the way so these are I can't read half these, so we'll <laughs> yeah. see how this goes. Oh, Keith David. 
it's kind of amazing he's in this movie with Michael Wincott. And yeah, I, I saw someone point out they couldn't be in the same scene because their voices are just too sexy. Mm-hmm. It'd be too powerful. Our heads would all explode. Well, we just watched The Crow last night. And I was thinking about like in, instead of uh, Keith David had it been Tony Todd, it would have been Todd and Wincott having a little reunion mm. from uh, The Crow. Mm-hmm. But uh, may, I'm hoping Tony Todd gets to work with Jordan Peele on the movie. Yeah, right? I mean, kind. Of, I mean, Jordan Peele produced Candyman. Sure, but like, so I'm sure they had I conversations. Would, that would be, but yeah, please, be in a directed movie. That'd be cool. Please, please, please. Um, yeah. <clears throat> so they are horse trainers. Hey, what Hollywood horses? I find it interesting that they're kind of talking about their next project. And uh, Otis Senior goes, "We got to keep our uh, heads up out of the clouds on this one." which I thought was an interesting bit of dialogue. Yes. Where he's talking about, okay, if we, if we nail this next project, we won't have to like sell a bunch of horses. You know, I think they're, they're kind of struggling to get by on this farm. But He also says, I forget what it's referring to, but I wrote it down. Take a look at all of that. Mm-hmm. Like, take a look at all of that. And uh, it's because he takes a look and has his head up that he is killed in this first scene because uh, while OJ is heading back, to the house and OJ, you know, I've, I've seen discussions about whether maybe perhaps OJ is on the spectrum. He doesn't make a lot of eye contact with other people. He's he's, uh, often looking down. He might just be a little antisocial. Yeah. It's not necessarily something on the spectrum, but I I think people have, who are, have maybe like looked at him as a character. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Above him. That would be like a a neat character to find some connection into. At the very least, he's shy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he he often is looking down at the ground, uh, mumbling. And it's it's this looking down and this kind of reservedness that uh, is perhaps the reason why he is. I mean, it is why he survives later. Mm -hmm. But uh, in this scene, things start to fall from the sky. And Keith David is looking up. And then the shot changes and he's out of frame. And when it comes back, he's slumped over. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that he is killed when a nickel goes through his eye. And I was thinking about how, like, these little things are falling. They're keys and nickels, like, change. Like, little uh, pocket items. And he might have been okay had it not gone through his soft eye that was vulnerable by looking up. If he's just sitting there, like, looking forward, it might hurt. But I don't know if it could penetrate the skull. But it's because he's looking up, eye contact with the sky, which yeah, the yeah. later showed to be a dangerous thing. That's w- what allows a nickel to go through the eye and into the brain and kill yeah, him. Yeah, in Richard Newby's article, he points out animals in films and the the trope of having kind of like like Stephen Young's character is this kind of token funny Asian kid in the sitcom. He's clearly adopted. Mm-hmm. It's kind of part of the joke, right? He's also this kid sheriff. He's, it's like a short round thing where yeah, it's kind yeah. of a ha-ha funny thing. Yeah, because even Kiki Palmer is like, oh, you're the Asian kid in right, that. Exactly. And that's how you think of those kids in those movies. Right. Like short round and yep. uh, Goonies. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, oh, yeah, the Asian kid. Right. Yeah. The Asian kid, the black kid. Mm-hmm. Kiki Palmer even mentions like a there was a three D black kid, I think, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and who has like the whole three D. Yeah. So Richard <laughs> Newby points out that it's this token that falls through his eye that, ah. that kills him. Mm. Um. So just like a kind of neat visual thing. Yeah. There, when he's driving him to the hospital before he's fully dead. And he's like trying to get him to. to he's, he's named the, named he's the horses. He's naming the horses. Yeah. But man, there's like blood spurts coming it's out so of his gross. eye. It's real gross. Yeah. And during that, while it's falling, you hear faint screaming. Yes, you can hear screaming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's whenever this uh, being is around, you hear this screaming just echoing through the clouds. You know it's what terrifying. it is? Is 
at the very beginning when mm-hmm. we first see uh, OJ and his dad, there's a radio yep. you can hear, and you hear something about a report about missing hikers. And I have yes. a feeling that's who we're hearing. In well, the that's house. what it is. Yeah. This. Uh, so, spoiler. I'm really hope you saw this movie by now, but the. <laughs> Uh, flying saucer that is prominent in the later trailers, which I'm so glad I didn't watch those later. Yeah, trailers. me too, because I didn't. Know I, did, that I had that no was idea. Happen. Yeah, uh, that is not a flying saucer with beings inside, as Stephen Young's character thinks. It is actually an animal itself. Right. And so that report about the mis- missing hikers uh, that this thing must have found them, ate them up. They're screaming, and then it's spitting out all the non-biological things from their pockets and possessions, Mm -hmm. which we also see it do later. Yeah. uh, And that's what kills Otis Sr. And I think... The, the when the alien alien I mean I don't even know if it's an alien I th- I kind of think this is something that has always kind of coexisted yeah that's the thing is, I, I think our... it's an alien but I don't know it could be either way yeah it is a I don't even creature, know if it matters that much it doesn't I don't think. uh but this this creature when it eats people it spits out things like uh keys currency I, it spits out like a like the hand of a sign where it's like pointing to an exit mm-hmm and it's spitting out all these things that are things that humans rely on in our natural environment to do our little human things. We use keys to unlock doors and uh, protect our belongings. We use currency. Uh, we have to. We use signage for direction to find our way around. And it just kind of made me think of how, especially an animal like Gordy, this chimp, when we take animals and use them in productions and we put them in our environment, we literally do remove all of the things from this being, this creature that makes them a chimp. We're like, no, we're you know, we're taking you away from all of your chimp things and mm. like that we're discarding all of those things mm. just to use the actual body of the chimp. In a similar way to the the way the alien animal is using people yeah, and, and just, just discarding, discarding the rest of it. everything mm. else it doesn't need. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't know how far in the future. This... Six months. Okay, so six months later, we see OJ on a set. He's in front of a green screen with his horse Lucky. He has mm-hmm. a bunch. Of, they have a bunch of different horses. I forget how many they say they have, but he's on set with Lucky, and he keeps being referred to as Horse Guy. I wrote. Yeah, Horse Guy, and they're at, the production is asking him to do the safety spiel. He doesn't want to. He says yeah. it's his sister's job, but she's running late. I noticed that the guy who is kind of, I think he's maybe doing lighting, he keeps giving OJ commands. Like, can you like turn around? Can you do it? It feels like he's giving commands to an animal a little bit. Like, spin, move mm-hmm. this way, do this, this, this. Little detail I love is that the actress who's on the set for this, I'm assuming a commercial they're filming? That's what it is. It's not Otis Sr. who says, take a look at all that. It's when they introduce the actress. Oh, who take seems a look at take all, a of, look that. At all yes. of that. Yeah, and just Osgood the- Perkins, by the way, uh, director Osgood Perkins, uh, son of Anthony Perkins, oh. who did um, The Black Coat's Daughter, oh. Gretel and Hansel. Oh. Uh, yeah. So I thought that was kind of neat to see him. Well, he's like the, uh, I don't know what he is. He's a director. Or is he the director or the AD? Oh, yeah. I forget if he's the director or AD. What, the one who introduces her? and mm-hmm. like, That seems like an AD. The one, he, Kinda, he's too sure. much on the, on the set, yeah. Doing too much ringleading. Exactly, the, yeah. yeah. And yeah, there. It's another thing with this is, you know, uh, OJ has this respect for his animals. He's telling them, you know, no sudden movements, no loud noises, all things that will come into play later. And the rest of the people on the set are really just like, 
they want to use the horse for their shot. They're they're like, tell the horse we're ready for a shot. Like mm-hmm. tell tell Please the horse tell we're the ready. Please tell the horse we're ready. <laughs> I I do the, the thing I was gonna say though is that actress. I love when she goes, your name is OJ, and yeah. she looks a little freaked out. Yeah, <laughs> a little joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then so Emerald shows up. That's Kiki Palmer mm-hmm. and OJ's sister. She's running late, but she runs in to give the safety spiel, which she's much better at until she starts plugging all her side projects. But you know what? I guess you gotta respect the hustle. But no, uh, you know what? It's uh, the safety stuff is her side project. The other that's shit's right. Real You're right. Shit. I'm that's sorry. <laughs> that's right. Forgive me, Emerald. But she does mention in uh, her her gigs that and abilities and skills. Motorcycles. I wrote motorcycles, that. I was yep. scribbling furiously <laughs> in my Sets notes. It up later, yeah. What I think is funny and kind of. I don't know if it's on purpose, but she's wearing a sweater that's the exact same color as the green screen behind her. It just mm. makes me kind of think she's she's background. She's not like no one on this set is considering either of these two to be of any importance. They just want to use the horse for mm-hmm. this shot, right? There's not a respect there. And um, I think it's interesting that her name's Emerald. I have theories and in an interview, Jordan Peele did say that some of this movie is Wizard of Oz inspired. I was excited to uh, have that confirmed that I wasn't just losing it a little bit and, or overanalyzing. Well, I just think, I guess like, you know, her name being Emerald in the books, I think also in the musical, the Wicked too, they do this too, where the Emerald City, as opposed to the movie where it actually is this green, spectacular mm-hmm. city, the Emerald City in, in the book you put on emerald glass, you have to put on these glasses before you go in. And the thing is, it's like, oh, this will protect your eyes. It's too amazing to look at. But all it is doing is it's making the city look green. Oh. I'm pretty sure. I, I loved that book when I was a kid. Is that We're getting some confirmation from uh, English Major Gressel over there. So Yeah, it's all... It's, it's all... Sh- it's more of the man yeah. behind the curtain. It's, it is. Literally, yeah, it's yeah. man behind the curtain. Yeah. And that's where I think the... I think it's both kind of allusions to the the movie itself, but also The Wizard of Oz was a famously troubled production. It's, I mean, I feel like I I would not want to have been an actor in the 1930s, 40s. God, no. uh, Pump it's, you full of amphetamines and yes, yeah, yeah Judy Garland, uh, just you know, as a child getting just fed amphetamines and mm-hmm. diet pills and shit. And that and you know like. What other movie from that era could you better call a spectacle than yeah, The Wizard of Oz absolutely. and all its technicolor glory? Absolutely. But I just think it's interesting that Emerald is the one in this movie who she kind of constantly wants to leave the farm. Like, she oh, yeah. wants to leave their home. Literally, yeah. She she can't be in this house, she says right. several times. She does, yeah. yeah. And Daniel is the there's no place like home character. Mm. The reason I even thought of Wizard of Oz in the first place is later she's watching an interview with Oprah on her phone and the person that Oprah's interviewing says something about uh, she's talking about getting abducted by aliens and she's like, well, I didn't have ruby slippers. I could click and just go mm. home. And that's what made me, that kind of started the gears turning a little bit. And then, yeah, the name Emerald is very specific yeah. and uncommon. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. There's tornadoes. Just, there's lots of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so she's much better at the spiel, like you said, but uh, unfortunately they rush the shot with the horse, and they go in with what you it's, said Yeah, is, it's a VFX ball. Um, yeah, I, did, I, I assumed it was like a light meter. I thought it was a light meter too, but then I'm like, but we all shoot digital now, so why mm-hmm. do they need a light meter? That's weird. Okay, and then I, I did a quick search of what I just literally was like, 
shiny ball yeah it, set. it was a <laughs> it was kind of hard to find the exact keywords that got me what i needed but it is a vfx ball um where basically it uh to make an object look like it it naturally fits like if we wanted to cgi something next like in between us we would use this shiny ball to capture all of the light information from like 360 degrees around us so that you have all of that lighting information to them basically project onto this fake object so that mm-hmm. it looks like it fits. That's great. Which makes me want, like, what were they going to CGI in there? Yeah. Well, it ends up being the horse because this thing, the horse sees it, looks at it in the eye, and perhaps this horse has witnessed other horses being eaten by this uh, thing that you can't look in the eye, and perhaps this reminds him of it, yeah. or it's just an animal instinct. Either way, freaks him out, it, kicks. It bucks and it kicks the makeup lady's bag. Yeah, I was so scared Dude, that I someone's neck was getting broken by kicked. this horse's kick. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Don Draper's dad? Is that? Yes. Yeah. That's yep. how he died. I, I know. I was like, oh, fuck, we're in it now. Mm-hmm. No, no depth yet. And then I love the just the background joke of them wheeling in a green screen horse. So funny. <laughs> this <laughs> fake horse. Yeah, I laughed. Yeah. I like that they had that. I'm sure they called up another warehouse on the lot like, hey, we need the horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> horse guy didn't come through. So, yeah, OJ takes Lucky and, uh, you know, Lucky got spooked. Can't have that. We got to sell Lucky, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so he sells them to Stephen Yun's ranch, which is down the road from him. They live in Agua Dulce, which is a real place out here in California. It's it's 45-minute mm. drive. Yeah, well, with maybe, yeah. traffic, which can get bad going mm-hmm. that way. But, like, yeah, it, it's within range. But when you're out there, you're pretty it, far removed oh, from. Oh, yeah. You're not in the city. We've it ridden is, horses up there before. Yeah. For my birthday that one time. Yeah, it's, it's just desert. It is uh, open land. Yeah. And so they're neighbors, which I love. Uh, that, like, I love this fictional Agua Dulce. Like, this, I don't know. Just the world of this is so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. I also found it interesting that uh, M did not, she was not familiar with Stephen Young's theme park. They get there when they're going to yeah, sell the horse. Yeah, and she's like, what? what ha-? She says, what happened to Gold Rush? I think yeah. it's the park that used to be and there. And OJ says, it's been this for three years. So she hasn't been around for three years, which is interesting because in that opening scene, Otis Sr. asks, isn't your sister going to come help with this? I mean, apparently she's not. not there. Apparently yeah. she never showed. So, you know, even if she did come, maybe she just hates this place so much she's not even paying attention to the the place down the road from them. I could see that. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's also just you live somewhere like that. You're not like walking past that every day. I feel like you still have to drive to it. Yeah, I can think of like times where we've lived somewhere and then we drive around and we're like, has that always been there? Like, <laughs> yeah. how long has that been like that? That happens to all of us. I think it's in, let's do some let's do some uh, over analysis here. Okay. Speaking of Jupiter. Also, by the way, uh, I I have a bunch of burrs in my hand from yeah. Uh, what the I just noticed that. Yeah, it's from those mole spikes I was putting <gasps> in the ground. And so if you see me just picking at my hand, I'm, t- I'm just removing tiny little burrs Ooh, from my hand. Fuck. Yep. Ew. I'm all messed the up. The joys of homeownership. Moles. Uh, <laughs> you just keep getting tortured by all the little critters that live around our house. The moles and the lizards. You got to have an agreement. See, that's the mo- You got to have an agreement with them. <laughs> yeah, his real name's he's Ricky Park. Yeah. But he goes by Jupe or Jupiter. Yep. Uh, because that was his name in, in, the, sh- in the show Kid previous to Kid Gordon. Sheriff, right? Yeah. 
Because this is a Western theme thing, and that's a Western show. So yeah. I think he's banking off that. I mean, his whole life seems to be banking off that role and that character. Yes. And so that's why he has made this uh, theme park around that character. And, you know, if he were was exploited as a child actor, which he probably was, it is him profiting from this exploitation, which is the theme with his right. character. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to turn it around and use that for himself. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the name Jupiter, I think, is kind of interesting because I guess like most obviously think of Jupiter, the big gas planet. There's a lot of, and, and again, this is Richard Newby in his article talks about this too. The um, There's lots of imagery of balloons in this and even the inflatable arm men are just this fake human looking thing filled with air the idea of a balloon popping and that's the end of your enjoyment of this thing the giant balloon of jupe that you see when you walk into the park Mm -hmm. and jupiter is the big gas giant oh sure yeah and also uh jupiter was god of the sky i mean it's the equivalent of zeus but also it's god of the sky and heavens which is kind of neat Kind of like our creature in this region, mm-hmm. God of the Sky, mm-hmm. scary God of the Sky. Yeah, I love this scene because, like I said, I love Stephen Young's character. I love Stephen Young as a performer, yes. as a person. Michigan's own, kind Michigan's of. own kind. I don't of. think he was born in Michigan, but but what he went to high school there. He went to Troy High School. Yeah, so that's cool. We'll claim him. Mm-hmm. If he'll let us. I uh, like that. Lucky the horse still has all the green screen markers. Yeah. On when he and, leads him in. And so, yeah, OJ mentions, well, I can't fire myself. So, you know, I, I like that he, this is his understanding of animals and respect of them is he says, oh, Lucky freaked out on set. To be fair, so did I. Like, so I, I also messed up, but I can't fire myself. So we have to get rid of Lucky. And he also wants to set up a way to buy these horses back. Yes. And interestingly, Steven reaction. Steven's reaction is, yeah. 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 Oh, Sorry, that loud. giant plane going over. It's Jupiter sailing overhead. Yeah. Yeah, Stephen Young's reaction of just like, uh-huh. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, we'll do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is when uh, Kiki Palmer's walking around Jupe's office. Ooh, really quick, when we cut to his office, there is a poster on the wall. Uh, they do a reality show. Did you see that? Him no. and his family? No. Yes. Oh, really? Of it's course. him and the kids. And yet it's another generation of exploiting these the kids. Yep. They're part of the show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, reality right. TV. They have parts in the show. Yeah, yes. for sure. Also, there are a prominent pair of scissors on his desk. I noticed those They're not too. gold like the ones in Us. I They're silver, that. but they might be a reference. I noticed those too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And later when they get food, they're at a restaurant, which I guess is also in Us. Yeah. Like they get the, the food from the same place. Mm-hmm. So Jordan Peele Cinematic Universe. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're trying to do this deal, but Kiki keeps getting distracted by all the memorabilia in this office because she realizes who Jupe is. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're that kid. You were in Kid Sheriff. And that's when she notices the Mad Magazine cover on the wall that's like a jokey kind of parody of, of Gordy's on this chimp attack, essentially. Mm-hmm. And she goes, oh, yeah, like, I kind of remember that. And that's when Jupe says, well, 
you know, normally I charge people for this, but let me show you this. So his wall, the wall opens up and there's this whole other back room. Like shrine to Gordy. I love this shot where he's first standing in here and he's got, there's like a mannequin of Gordy with the shirt that Gordy would always wear. But this mannequin's kind of like, it's got its arms up a little bit. And I love the way it's framed because it's right behind Steven. It looks like it could be about to jump on him or something. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. Jupe explains he was a kid on this sitcom called Gordy's Home and they were filming an episode called Gordy's Birthday and one day the actor chimp playing Gordy who I think it's interesting we never he never says the real name of the chimp it's just this is the chimp that's Gordy one of the chimps one of the chimps exactly yeah Mm -hmm. uh just couldn't take it anymore and snapped and it's so fascinating the way he talks about this memory because instead of describing what happened he uses this fictional snl skit instead to kind of relay the events of what happened he goes you know i this snl skit does a better job of explaining it than i can i don't know if you remember it but it was i forget who all the actors he said were in it i think sherry o'terry gets mentioned sherry o'terry because it would be what like early 2000 like late 90s maybe around 2000 because I think it was 98 when it happened, so yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, the, Chris goddamn Catan as Gordy. Chris Catan playing Gordy, which fucking killed me. I mean, uh, you just think of Mr. If you want to see what that is, just look, just uh, go find Mr. Peepers. That was his running character Dude, on it's, SNL. It's so funny. At that premiere, before the movie started, we're talking to the guy next to me. He's like a college kid who's there from, where is it? Morehouse. Morehouse, yeah, in uh, in Georgia. And they were visiting for the summer. He was interning here for the summer. Great guy, great conversation. But yeah, they were all really nice. Yeah, and we're sitting there watching the movie, and I'm like, this kid probably doesn't know he, who Chris He Katana maybe is. doesn't know who that is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but this killed me. He's just, he the way he's describing the skit is, you think, oh, this is a, he thinks it's fun. Like, you know, he's doing a very good job at hiding any trauma that surely he has after this. Well, you get a quick little flashback. And like he's like telling the story, and then it quickly cuts back to him as a kid he's on hiding the set. under the table. Yeah, with blood splattered on him because yeah. this is at the end of it after they take care of Gordy. And so like obviously, yeah, he's traumatized. He deflects and kind of masks over that trauma with this SNL sketch. One thing that I'm like, dude, this was an incident where people died and were mangled. I don't know if SNL would actually do a sketch about it, do, but maybe back maybe, then. Maybe though, I don't know. I'm not gonna. That's that's one of those things where I'm like. I don't know if that would happen, and I, I'm not I, gonna. Whatever. I think a hundred percent with the movie. Because think of like we already mentioned, like OJ, like the OJ Simpson. Tra- that's true. You think of yeah. all those fucking skits, the dancing. Yeah, uh, two people were murdered. Yeah, and like the OJ dancing judge thing on Leno, and uh, I think we as an audience are supposed to be like. What the fuck? Yeah. Why would you make a sketch? But like, we do. We do mm-hmm. that. We make fun we of shit. We exploit tragedy. And, you know, part of it is not, it's not 100% a, a cynical read. It's also how people deal with things. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, there is the profiteering aspect of it, but there's also the like, how do we make sense of this fucked up thing that happens? I guess we can kind of joke about it maybe in a dark way if it, if it like brings some kind of resolution yeah. you know there are different aspects and that's why Stephen Young's character is so interesting yeah. because like he's this poor kid who went through this awful thing 
and he doesn't know how to deal with it, and he maybe thinks that he is special for surviving it, and that leads to his death at the same time he is also exploiting a creature, and, and like, oh man. Yeah. It's so sad, and and It I just love it. kind of makes me think, too, about how, like, the, the image of this kid hiding under a table covered in blood, I mean, maybe it's just because it's pretty fresh and, like, our national memories but i just thought of like fucking school shootings man and how we have like so many like so many kids who you know because i think we focus on how many kids are are killed in stuff like that but then you think of all the kids who survive Mm -hmm. and and then their families like yeah yeah, the secondary it's just this thing where like we forget about that and then also it's you have this weird kind of phenomenon of kids who like think of like david hogg He's like a household name. He's one of the Parkland mm-hmm. survivors. Yeah. He's famous because he was traumatized. Yeah. Like, that's how we know him. But uh, uh, fame is maybe the tertiary theme of this movie. Another prominent theme throughout because Kiki Palmer, you know, does her safety spiel and then is like, you can hire me to do all these other things. Right. And later when she calls the cinematographer, he talks about that dream she's chasing to have her to be well-known and famous. And what I think is really interesting uh, this also gets into like the TMZ motorcycle guy later and also why it's fucking hilarious that Logan Paul didn't understand this movie. But yeah. <laughs> uh, Kiki Palmer seems like someone who wants to be famous without doing the work. OJ is always talking about, all right, it's time to do the work. Right. Like tomorrow yeah, I have to wake up and do the work. And she's all like, nope, never. Like this happens two or three times throughout the movie. He's like, oh, well, I you can help me with this work. And she's like, nah, never mind. Like, see ya. But she she's driven by this want to be famous. Right. Whereas he does not have that drive. Notably, he uh, Jupe says it's six minutes and 13 seconds of Havoc. That mm-hmm. number comes back later. Just kind of an interesting little parallel that I like. A bit of dialogue I love is he specifically says, I, I was scribbling this down so I had the exact wording. He says that Chris Gatan is a force of nature killing on that stage. Oh, yeah. Then a force of nature ends up killing on a stage later. Yeah. I love this goddamn movie. That's Gordy. Yeah. And also, which I didn't notice, because at first I was confused by later on when we get the first sighting of the creature in the sky. It's when OJ is with a horse further out from his house and he sees down in the gulch the lights at Juke's Mm, place mm -hmm. and he hears him talking on the mic. And so I thought that was an earlier thing of his show Turns out it was him rehearsing, and when they first walk in here, Jupe's wife is like, oh, hey, we're having uh, the premiere of a new show, and like a friends and family. Friends and family preview night, yeah. So So that shows that the tragedy that happens later is the first public iteration of it as opposed to a rehearsal. noise, you can hear his monologue, like seeing this again, you realize, okay, it's his like little monologue that he's practicing. Where it's like in one hour, your lives will be changed. Yeah, you'll leave different. Which is also when the movie has one hour left to it. Shut up. I, I think so. That's why I've heard I didn't independently verify. Fuck. But someone said that when he says, in one hour, you will leave here different is when there's an hour left to the movie. That's so good. <laughs> we get these little title cards that are all the names of the animals in the movies. So this first one is Ghost, and that's our first kind of sighting of this creature, alien, mm-hmm. we kind of assume. OJ sees it, I think, Emerald just kind of hears it, or she she knows something fucking was going on outside. Because well, she's dancing to music and the power goes. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. It kind of goes. Takes her a little bit long to react to the power. It's, so <laughs> it's like funny. so dark she's and still she's still dancing. dancing, and then she's like, 
What? <laughs> I do. I don't know if it's this scene, but I, I mean, the music in this is great. I like that the one song that starts playing, I think she's put on the record players, Walk On By, by it's Dionne Warwick, but I just like, it's Walk On By. The lyrics are literally like, if you see me, don't look at me, keep walking kind of. Oh, and then I just realized later a song very prominently featured is I wear my sunglasses at night. You wouldn't be able to see if you're wearing your sunglasses yeah. at night. Yeah. Okay. Hey, want to talk to you about our first sponsor this week, Dadgrass. Look, it's too damn hot out to be too high. It's just not a fun combination, just too warm and sweaty, and you're also way too stoned. I hate it, it's disgusting, and no thank you. If you want something a little more chill this summer, Dadgrass is legal organic hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. So you get to enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping a nice clear head. It's made of 100% organic hemp that's easy to dose and the effects come on smooth. They've got a variety of products from their token smokable pre-rolled joints, as well as hemp flour and a variety of CBD tincture drops. And the best part, all Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 18 and over, and it ships right to your door anywhere in the US. If you want to relax this summer without feeling like you're melting, right now Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com deadmeat. Go to dadgrass.com slash dead meat for 20% off your first order. One more time, that's dadgrass.com slash dead meat. Our next sponsor this week is Babbel. So stop me if you've heard this one before. You took French, German, Spanish, or some other language in high school or college, but it's been so long since you've taken it, you can barely remember a thing. That happened to me with German. I actually minored in it in college, and it's amazing how quickly I forgot it and just couldn't really speak it anymore. But it is amazing how quickly it does come back. I did start taking more lessons as an adult, and you will remember it. It all kind of comes flooding back. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a language on the go, whether you do already kind of know something or you're totally new. Their lessons were created by over 100 language experts, and their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. With Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. In addition to lessons, they also have podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. Plus, it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel. Right now, save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com deadmeat. That's babbel.com slash deadmeat for up to 60% off your subscription. Babbel, language for life. Our last sponsor this week is Fume. I have so many friends and loved ones who've tried to quit smoking and it seems so, so difficult. It's like giving up any habit. When it's that ingrained, it's not as easy as just stopping. If you're a smoker and you're thinking of quitting or you already have tried quitting, you've got to check out Fume. Fume is a natural inhaler designed for a better, safer, and more natural way to quit cigarettes. It's a no smoke, no vape, and no nicotine replacement for the hand-to-mouth 
habit of smoking. Fume is made of 100% Canadian maple and uses cores infused with plant oils studied to curb cravings. Their flavors are really nice. I did get to try some even though I'm not a smoker. <laughs> they have flavors like peppermint and conquer, which has minty notes to simulate menthol cigarettes, and other flavors like lemonberry bliss for a sweeter experience. Quitting is really, really hard, but fume can really help. So whether you're a smoker or ex-smoker who still struggles with cravings, fume is the perfect tool for you. It's time to create positive habits and quit naturally with fume, and we're here to make it easier. Right now, if you head to breathefume.com slash deadmeat and use promo code deadmeat, you are going to save 10% off your entire order. That's 10% off your entire order when you head to b-r-e-a-t-h-e-f-u-m.com slash deadmeat and use code deadmeat. Yeah, Ghost is gets out, and he has to chase him down because Ghost is spooked by this thing that he looks up and he sees this thing flying around. Does Ghost get... I think Ghost gets got. Get eaten? Mm-hmm. Damn. I think. I think he gets away because he comes back and she's like, where's Ghost? And he's like, uh. Yeah. I like that immediately she's like, okay, I believe there's none of the bullshit. Yeah. Like, convince me. I like their relationship a lot. Yeah. And she's... I know, because like in the beginning of the movie when they're going back to the ranch, she's like, can I get fun OJ up in here? Like, I don't yeah. know who this OJ is. Clearly. And also he... The whole movie is so... Uh, he takes everything so seriously that I wouldn't see any reason to not believe. Like, he's not the type of character that's just going to be making stuff up. Mm -hmm. uh, so they go to Fry's Electronics in Burbank, California. Yo, that Fry's is where we bought our first TV when yes. we moved out here. It has Dude. the alien out there. Yeah, that's like a, like that, because every Fry's Electronics <laughs> is a different theme. And the one by us, our Fry's, is, yeah, this alien abduction theme. I think, yeah. I think at one corner of it, it looks like a 50s kitchen and it's all like uh it's very roswell the oh, whole thing so good i just man i laughed so you could hard. hear i think i remember at the premiere you could hear like oh when they showed the <laughs> fries because you know everyone in that audience has been there for like cables and shit <laughs> so they're talking about okay we're gonna set up all these cameras and we'll capture whatever this is and we'll be able to get the the money shot basically the oprah shot they call it. that's the thing that's gonna get us on oprah mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's when they meet angel who works at Fry's. Um, he's great. Brandon Perea, I think yeah. you say his name. Uh, I think so. I'm not sure. He is a relative newcomer. Oh, yeah. Props to him for getting to stand alongside all these fucking other actors. He's and really funny in this. I think he's really good. He is. He he does feel the most like he's acting to me. Um, sure. Maybe the least effortless to me. Uh, but he also has, his character has is the most over-the-top written. Yes. So he's the His biggest. His character is pretty often comedic relief. Yes, yeah. yeah. I mean, Kiki Palmer is also, but... Yeah. Angel is... uh She's going through a bad breakup. Oh my, he's <laughs> so she, funny because yeah, his she booked a pilot. She booked a CW, a CW pilot. Fucking CW. So he basically <laughs> at first they're like, no, we can set all this stuff up on our own, and he's like, okay, sure, doubt it, but <laughs> and then he says something. They they say like, okay, so this won't go out if like the power goes out or anything, right? And he's he basically is like. I don't know why you would need this that badly unless you're in like a weird kind of UFO hotspot. No, it's because they're talking about like their cell phones oh, that's go right, out too. Cell and he's phones. like, it doesn't work that way in this UFO hotspot. And then cut to he's at the, their place with them going to help uh, set everything up. My favorite is when he opens the van, he just screams randomly. He's like, I'm sorry. Like I'm going through some shit. And yeah, they're, they're trying to get a shot of the alien. Yeah. 
so that they say so that they can be rich and famous for life. That's yeah, what Kiki they, Palmer yeah, yeah. wants. Like Only that's why they need life. this Oprah shot is uh it's our moment to be rich and famous for life. That is her goal. That is what she wants. Yeah. And real easy way to do it, just take a picture, you know, grab grab some video footage. Then you don't have to do the work of training horses and because like they talk about the night before they're talking about how uh their dad she says he changed the industry and that that's real mm-hmm. and that you know that's he put in the work he did that thing he and she even says that's real as opposed to i think a lot of uh criticisms lobbied at like social media influencers are like get a real job right. like we even get that oh yeah we, all the time which is like get a real job and so she even knows at least on a subconscious level that what she's trying to do isn't as real right. as what her dad did well because even near the end of the film Angel, you can tell, feels this way, too, because he says something when they're all kind of sitting around. He's like, this like makes, we're doing something good, we're doing something good by, you know, because this proves something. This will help people. You know, it's just the the justification of we're not just doing this for ourselves. And no one can answer. No him. one answers. Yeah. That, like, I don't even know if anyone even like nods their head. I think Maybe. they're just like kind of yeah. just like, yeah. <laughs> sure, dude, <laughs> to kind of lure out this this alien they m goes to jupiter's claim and just steals one of the like fake horses out front yeah he has a bunch of plastic horses with flags yeah and i'm very excited for when i do the kill count to hang a, a, one of those pendant yeah. things from the ceiling that'd be cool yeah so she goes and yeah steals one of those and she sets it up and uh sure enough jupe just i'm sure is like Okay, uh, my horse is missing. Gonna go check out the only people who have a horse-sized trailer to go <laughs> pull that around in. This scene is so funny. He this pulls is up funny, yeah. far from there. She's like, "Okay, you can stay there, though." Yeah, stay right there. Uh, so they just yell They say back it's and a forth. decoy for horse training. It's clearly like it's clearly Jupe's horse. Angel tries to help. He's like, "Okay, you can go." And how? He's like, "You don't you live don't here." You don't live here, dude. Jupe's like, "Okay, whatever. I'll invite you to my show then. So if you guys want to come." His physical acting when it blows out of his hand is so, so funny and then yeah the thumbs up thumbs up thumbs up the thumbs up yeah thumbs up should, should i do it too yeah just do it thumbs up thumbs up i love the uh he starts to ask where they got that and kiki cuts him off we're like where'd you get where'd yours, you get yours from? <laughs> like, i don't know i don't know what she's thinking because clearly that horse with is the missing flags, with yeah. the flag like <laughs> Honestly, if you're gonna call out any plot holes, it's this. I'm like, M, like you're silly, but you're not dumb. I don't know what you're thinking. You're gonna get away. Well, I guess with she's here. just banking on him being too nice of a guy to sure to maybe. do that, which he seems to be. Yeah. Or she's just figuring, you know, I don't. Maybe she just wasn't figuring he's gonna go like come there and immediately. The, yeah, and I think maybe she's thinking this alien's gonna gobble this thing up before oh, sure, sure. he realizes it's gone. So um, we're, we cut to our next segment, Clover. It's another one of the horses. This is when uh, M is watching this Oprah interview. She's like falling asleep in this little trailer she lives in, mm-hmm. watching this Oprah interview. And that's when the woman and it's like, oh, I didn't have ruby slippers to get home with. OJ, I, I noticed he was making his own version of the VFX ball at yeah, home with, with a plunger. plunger yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think he was maybe thinking I'm going to train the horses to get used to this kind of thing. Oh, okay. I was wondering because I was like, wait, do I not remember this coming back later? It and doesn't. I, don't think it does, I think but... it's just him 
doing his job and yeah, thinking, yeah, I gotta, work. yeah, exactly. And like, oh, there's this maybe newer thing on set that these horses aren't used to. Let's get him. That's a great call. Yeah. yeah. So he, he hears, I think he just hears a noise in the barn and he goes uh, to where all the horses are. And <laughs> this scene is so great. This, this got the biggest reaction when we were at the premiere. Everyone was losing it. He kind of looks into the darkness of the stable and it took me a second to see it. It was great because you could hear people in the audience just individually like, oh, fuck, like start to see it. And it was like this weird ripple effect until I finally saw it, too. There's this little alien and it's just crouching in the darkness and it stands up all slow and it's got this creepy body language. And and then it leans and then another, another one leans one out of a closer out of door. A Such a good scare. Our good friend Danny Jacobs uh, pointed out that he thinks that this sequence is... Jordan Peele's way of saying, I could make this movie if I wanted I could make a science to. horror I movie. I could make this a straightforward alien movie if I wanted. Mm -hmm. It's not what this is, but here's what this movie could be. And it's scary. It is. Th it's that lean terrifying. is great. I love it. They're creepy designs. Uh, I really like that the alien costumes and the the body language of the kids is very chimp-like. Mm -hmm. It's got this kind of fluffy black texture to it it looks like the 2001 it does monkeys yeah another sci-fi the way like, they are kind film. of hunched over and using their arms and even when the one kind of leans out of that stable door it feels very monkey like mm -hmm. it's it's so great yeah when a third one oh yeah uh, he's like trying to get footage for his oprah <laughs> yeah. shop with his little flip phone of course oj doesn't have a smartphone he has this <laughs> yeah. old ass phone which is gonna have like a fucking potato quality video and like the head peeking head around the corner out. taking so long because first you're seeing its big ass like head and forehead until its eyes get around the corner and that's when there's like a jump scare and there's one behind him that he just punches in the face <laughs> yeah, it's good. Does he say nope here as well, I think? I think yes. he might say nope and like, like nope, I'm getting out of there yeah. during the lean, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he punches a kid in the face. It's Jupe's three sons. <laughs> yeah, don't mess with Jupiter's claim. Yeah, because they're getting payback for stealing the horse, which is so funny because M runs in and he's like, it's Jupe's kids. She's like, oh, they're they're pranking Haywood. Yeah, like, oh, they're declaring war on us. Oh, it's on. You stole their horse. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, after this this sequence with the kids in the barn, uh, M and OJ call. <laughs> this is so fun. They call the DP, the camera, the director of photography from that thing that they were working on with the horse. The antlers. The antlers holst. Yeah, they call them ant. Because they think, well, if anyone can help us get this shot of this alien, this like really famous cinematographer can. And it's so funny. He's like, how did you get this number? Oh, we got it from the call sheet. That's so fucking real. <laughs> That's the most real thing. Oh, man. I, for a while, it's not his phone number anymore, but I put George Clooney's phone number in my phone. From the call was, sheet? <laughs> it was, it went to his office. So oh, like, okay. it was not his phone number after like six months or whatever, mm. but I just liked having it. <laughs> yeah, they call him and ask if he can get the impossible shot for him. This is one joke that is... I don't like where he's like, that's impossible. Like, can you get the impossible shot for us? That's impossible. That's impo oh, it's, it's one joke that doesn't work for me, but whatever. Also, what is he editing? He's editing a nature documentary about animals. Cause but, there's like, like the footage is crazy. Looking. It's like an octopus fighting a crab or something. And it looks like 
weird found creepy footage it's like it all does, old yeah. looking i don't know what is going on there but i do love also that they're like well we can't afford to pay you too much and he's like that's okay i do one for them so i can do one for me and like one for them one for me is so it, it's the soderbergh approach yeah it's the steven soderbergh will make like a big popular movie and then make fucking the girlfriend experience or whatever like thing that he wants to malignant make. also was a one for them one for me yeah i'll think. make your aquaman if i can make this weird fucking make malignant. thing it's yeah. fucking kill counts for me it's like all right i'll fucking do your your texas chainsaw massacre but i'm gonna do blackula too sure <laughs> sure sure antlers holst is kind of a cool name because holst specifically is a composer yeah, who Gustav did the, holst, the, the planets, planets. Yeah. so i i was curious pieces of classical music that's probably i bet actual musicians are like yeah okay sure dude yeah <laughs> Right, like my favorite movie, Citizen Kane. Like, which is Citizen Kane's great, but it's like, you know, you know what I mean. Uh, Interesting things about Gustav Holst. He resented his fame. He reminds me a bit of OJ. Uh, Mm. He. It sounds like he was just a genuinely like really hardworking composer who just loved doing his job. Uh, Actually lectured for a while and taught at the University of Michigan, which I thought was crazy in like the 1920s. Nice. Um, But he constantly throughout his life resented whenever he like got, like he personally got attention for his work. And what I thought also was kind of neat um, is maybe it's a coincidence. Again, who knows if I'm reading too far into this, but it just it's cool that this is the case. Uh, when he first premiered The Planets, they didn't have him play the whole thing because it was it would be long, and they're like, oh, we can't, people won't sit through it, right? So they had him end the movements at Jupiter. That was the last one he played. It, it cut off there, and he specifically said he hated this. Uh, this is a quote from his daughter. Her father hated incomplete performances of the planets, though on several occasions he had to agree to conduct three or four movements at Queen's Hall concerts. He particularly disliked having to finish with Jupiter to make a happy ending mm-hmm. for, as he himself said, in the real world, the end is not happy at all. And I think it's a cool coincidence, if anything. And if you're like, who the fuck are they talking about? You've heard Mars. Yes. It's dun 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 how does jupiter go because i couldn't listen to it because i was reading that in bed last night i feel like and i might be wrong but i feel like that starts with like Anyway, I I've just listened thought, to that suite so many times. Because I was like, Holst is like, that's a specific last name for this character. And then mm-hmm. I found it so interesting. There was also this like weird Jupiter thing where it's like this false. You know what? Actually, that might make more sense. I couldn't understand because Michael Wincott, who plays uh, Holst, has this incredible voice. Fuck. It is sometimes you feel it more than you hear it. So I didn't understand, catch every word. I can't wait to watch this movie with subtitles. Uh, and as we were saying, we were just watching The Crow, where he's 26 years younger, and he's got this fucking middle part long straight hair. And it was he's like an anime bad. character. It's, it's fucking awesome. cool. Anyway, he says, before hanging up on her, because they don't get him right away, he says, this dream of yours, where you end up on top of a mountain, all eyes on you, and I think he says, 
it's the dream I never wake up from. Yeah. Okay. So he is, he's just like his namesake. Mm-hmm. He's he's saying like, you're, you want this fame. I have it. It's a dream I never wake up from. And the way he says it makes it sound like he doesn't like it. Yeah. Like he's someone who maybe values the work. And that's why he and, does one for them, one for me, so he, he can do the one for And me. that's when he rolls his eyes at her saying like, oh, in this uh, American cinematographer magazine, they say that you, you know, this really effusive praise. And he's just like, Ugh, whatever. Yeah, he hates it. He just wants to make his weird little yeah. octopus uh, snuff films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's interesting. And I, yeah, the, the fact that he is a nature photographer as evidenced by yeah. whatever he's, he's like in a fucking like makeshift uh, video village in a jungle or yeah, something watching like dailies. I don't, I don't know, know where he's at. <laughs> he probably just lives like really far up in the hills kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Boy. Okay. So Angel, this is when Angel shows up at their their farm and is like freaking out. And he's like, wait, you guys haven't noticed? Because he's been watching their footage. Mm-hmm. He's like, he has like a line. Yeah, we didn't Fry's. mention like the praying He has mantis. like command station at Fry's that he can just like watch there. Yeah. And apparently the... His co-worker actress is like She's a in euphoria. euphoria. Yeah. Yeah. She is the one who those like that like sex tape of her leaks and she just decides to own That's it. That's her? Yeah. How old is she? Because she looks way different in what we saw than she does in Nope. And I'm wondering, was she like a teenage? Did she just, is she at the age where a few years makes a big difference in I appearance? I have no idea. Wow. I think she also has a lot more makeup on in this. Because she's kind of goth. Sure. And I believe that maybe some of her scenes were cut. There is more to this movie than what there's we There's apparently get. like a four hour long cut of this. Yeah. Because there are it. shots in the trailer that yes, aren't in the movie. Yes, there's all kinds of stuff in the trailer that isn't like in a, this. Uh, there's uh, like a stalker A stalker of Jupe, right? He's like No, a, he's a stalker of the girl. Oh, that makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, th- if you see this guy with glasses in the trailer on the set... Uh, on the lot during, like, the Gordy stuff. He's apparently the one who shoots Gordy. Oh, really? Yeah. What? I don't know. I what What's amazing to me is how much this movie works as it's cut. Yeah, it's, I think it's fine. Like, I don't need anything else, but I would watch it. I would watch it. I wonder if it would be like an Apocalypse Now Redux version where it's like, you don't need the French you plantation. You don't need the French plantation, but But sometimes sure. you're in the mood to get a little bit extra when you're watching it. I think the original cut's better than Redux. Oh, yeah. I, I think you most like people Redux, think that. I don't. You like Ooh, Redux more? Oh, hot takes. All right. I don't See, I don't know if that's, that's like a hot take. French plantation. <laughs> <laughs> I think it adds colonialism. Yeah, sure. Sure, yeah. 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 I would rewatch that. Yeah. I've seen that so many times. we have a date. (laughs) Uh, Yes, and this is when OJ says, what if it's not a ship? Yeah, well, because, so what it is, is that the reason Angel's freaking out is he's like, okay, play back this footage, and they all realize this cloud in the sky hasn't moved. It's a real cool shot with the other clouds moving around it. Yeah, so that's, yeah, when OJ Mm -hmm. says, well, what if it's not a ship? What if it's just a being? Like, what if it's just one entity that's okay so our next sequence is gordy mm-hmm. and this i think kicks off this and the next sequence because technically the other steven young stuff happens during the sequence that starts with lucky so like i feel like the next two sequences are just the scariest stretch of this movie it what's weird is i, I saw a lot of reviews kind of saying this one's less scary than his, it's less horror movie than his other ones it's more sci-fi but honestly there's parts of this that really fucking scared me. Oh, for sure. And this I think, is one of them. Yeah. The, what's interesting about this movie is that, yeah, this middle part is the most scary. The last act is much more of an adventure. Yes, like, it's fun. Jaws, Tremors, like, plan to take down this this beast. But this middle part with Gordy and Lucky, 
they're it's a scary. Nightmare. Yeah. It's like, yeah, this movie is definitely not as, us is the most horror movie of his movies that he's done. Yes. Just straightforward horror. Uh, with Get Out being more of like a psychological thriller, or whatever, uh, and then this, yeah, but but they all have those horror elements, and this stuff is terrifying. So we get the full kind of sequence of the the sitcom leading up to what it makes Gordy snap is it's this balloon that pops a bunch of balloons yeah it's a bunch of balloons start popping they hit the studio lights Mm -hmm. they pop they they get hot they float up in the air and they pop yeah and that sets off gordy yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's also kind of the cycle of fame a little bit you float up and you're you're hot (laughs) and then it all just comes crashing (laughs) down on you yeah it's it's fun to see whereas in the beginning the very beginning of the movie you hear these lines you don't see anything. Mm-hmm. It's fun to actually see them performed by the fucking sitcom actors. It's mm-hmm. great. I think the the woman who plays the mom follows Dead Meat on Twitter. No I way! I think so. Because I got a follow from a verified person. I checked out and it was like, nope. And I was like, I don't remember this act. And then I looked, I was like, oh, I think she's... <laughs> I saw the dad was tweeting too about how excited he was. About oh yeah, this. what a fun oh part to Let's have. Let's get that whole family following us <laughs> on Twitter. Oh man, so... Uh, yeah, uh, the the chimp loses it. Very, um, a lot of people tweeted at me, uh, reminding me to mention Travis the the chimp. That's the yes. the pet chimp, or like that was a real like, was that the Xanax chimp? I feel like it had to be where the woman like tried to calm him down by giving him Xanax, and it just made it like. Yeah, there's a a real life incident with a chimp named Travis who ended up mauling his owner and i think eating part of her face off and so uh she required extent and her hands i believe yeah she required extensive um plastic surgery to to help mitigate the effects of that and she revealed her face on oprah actually i i think it was oh, Oprah, wasn't was it? it i'm pretty sure it was fucking oh god damn it jordan peele uh and she wore a veil in real life just like the veil of the young actress in this movie who shows up later for Stephen Young's Family and Friends show. She's wearing a veil in the audience. And, you know, there were so many people who were... Uh, that woman is featured in the trailer, the shot of her with the veil. And so many people were like, who, who is that? Is that like an alien or some shit? I, I never thought that. I mean, granted, no, I didn't watch the trailer over I only over. watched the first trailer. I thought, like, is this like an effect of... Whatever this thing, because like I think it was like the wind also kind of mm-hmm, blew. I was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is that? I thought it was like, is she just, does she age really fast? Are we on the the old beach? Oh, like, right, what's happening? Yeah. Here? But no, it's a woman uh, with a veil covering over the, the scars and from this you, animal. I, I was looking at photos of like the actual, per- it, it looks like that. Like that's just. It looks like that after extensive surgery. surgery yeah. Because I think when she first shows Oprah, it, it looks like worse than that and yeah. it's it's so sad i think this is like the most disturbing part of this movie honestly is when we kind of see her feet sticking out and she's like dude she sounds so fucking scared like even just that one line this actress just like I, I got chills everywhere and he just starts fucking eating her face man yeah all of gordy's attacks are thankfully done off screen yes. or behi- obscured by yeah, furniture. You don't see it, but, but like it's, you hear it it's and scarier, it's scarier, honestly. It's much scarier, yeah. And then the dad actor comes yeah. down and tries to like calm, but he's running around and like freaking out and Gordy attacks and I think kills him. Yeah, I think uh, he gets killed. Yeah. What's interesting is like, why is the actor dad the one like where the fuck did everyone else go right and you see some movement in the stands yeah i think there's crew hiding back crew or audience like studio audience who are like just just too afraid to make a run for it and are just like back there kind of hiding from gordy 
Whereas um, Young Jupe here is sitting underneath the table like we saw earlier. And I noticed this too the first time we watched it, that in the first flashback shot of him, he had the blood on the side of his face. And here he does not while oh, he's watching the attack. That was not, after the... That's yeah, after Gordy gets shot. Yeah. But he's looking through this plastic, like yellow plastic hanging over tablecloth. And, uh, you know, it's goes with the theme of not looking the beast in the eye. Yeah. Because he and Gordy aren't making direct eye contact. It's kind of obscured by this tablecloth. Also, before that even, he's kind of focused on this shoe that mm-hmm. is standing upright. And, yeah, a lot of people are like, what's with the shoe? I so, so, Bless some people. They're like, so does that mean the alien was above this and Stop. the gravitational and that's why Gordy freaked out was like was it an no, alien thing? No. no. Um <laughs> the shoe I think is just it's a, the bad miracle. It's like it's it, this what a random thing to happen in the middle of this that is just so peculiar and weird. It has a one in a billion chance of landing like that, but it... But it did. It did. Yeah. And that's what he focuses on. And that's also something clearly that he remembers and maybe was the initial spark of, I can start collecting stuff. He has that shoe. He has the shoe in in his his exhibit. That he charges a Dutch couple 50,000 to stay the night in. He won't ask questions. So I think it's just the seed of that future version of himself where to cope with this he chooses to profit from it yeah and like i said maybe looking at the shoe for a while instead of gordy helps save his life because he's not looking at gordy there's also the matter of if he's seeing this shoe and he's recognizing that it's miraculous that it landed like that that might give him uh build him up as like i'm special for surviving this Mm -hmm. whereas he doesn't realize that Gordy has maybe just naturally calmed down because the balloons have stopped popping by the time Gordy sees him and has calmed down and he doesn't attack him. Maybe it's he's just calmed down or it's because he's not seeing him directly. There's the the barrier of the yeah. tablecloth, but he goes in for a fist yeah. bump. Well, the, the Richard Newby article also points out too, um, like we were discussing earlier, where Jupe is kind of this token character. Like the, this, oh, it's funny because, you know, he's Asian kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and he thinks that there's this almost unspoken, like empathy, like Gordy, there's this connection that Gordy has with him that he can't have with any of the other cast because Gordy almost sees in this kid, like a similar, yeah, they're othered. They're, Mm -hmm. they're used to, they're, they're used in a different way of entertaining versus these other actors. Um, they, yeah, are less than. The, yeah, the Gordy getting shot is fucking it's, yeah. jarring and upsetting. And, like, Gordy did nothing wrong. Gordy's an animal, you know? And it's <laughs> so upset. No, I'm serious. Like, it's, you know, like, that's, it's a chimp. Yeah, it's it's an amoral creature. Right, it's it a chimp. It can't be moral or immoral. It, it reacted the way it did because it's a chimp. Mm-hmm. Like, Much like this alien is reacting in his way because it's an animal. It's an animal. Like, it's mm-hmm. not... Like, it makes me sad. The it's, fist it's, bump, like, breaks my heart, The exploding dude. fist bump, it's called. Yeah. He says that that's the first ever exploding fist bump. And, and uh, Jordan Peele tweeted out the intro to Gordy's Home, <laughs> so which is good. a little... It's great. It's a little... Uh, Too many cooks? It, it's too date. It's more of an '80s sitcom. It is. Than like it a wouldn't be a '90s sitcom. Yeah. Because like, but it, it doesn't matter. It's still fucking great. But uh, it, that ends with them doing a fist bump 
uh, with like the moon in the background or some shit. And so the exploding fist bump, they go for it and fucking Gordy's head explodes. Yeah. We end that sequence. We go into Lucky, the next sequence. OJ realizes, okay, he he puts it together because he sees the flyer on the ground for the Star Lasso under experience some under some poop. <laughs> and that's what he puts together. Oh, oh, fuck. That's why he wanted this horse to feed it to this alien. And then he says, which I like, I'm going to get lucky. So, yes, this is Steven Yeun. He had just been shown in his office, like, when he had that flashback, he is just, he, he just has these, you know, thousand yard stares, but... He has to rehearse this thing that we saw him rehearsing. Let's run through it one more time, his wife says. Mm -hmm. And so now it's show day, the Star Lasso experience. Oh, he's got such a good suit on. I'm obsessed with this I, suit. I need this suit for the Kill It's count. so it's good. It's so fucking good. This bright red suit. It's all sparkly. It's got like a bedazzled, bedazzled UFO, UFO on the back. Yeah. Fuck, it's so good. Mm -hmm. uh, my favorite little touch in this scene is this show that he's doing. He just has like these teenage employees running the tech <laughs> and the the like one employee doing the sound on, on the, the laptop. laptop. Or it, there's no fate. It's just like it's space very... bar pause this song, space bar play the next song. I also find that he's like, yeah, let's give it up for like the yahoos who work for me, and they're all cheering. Then he's like, "All right, that's enough." Like he like kind of shuts it down. He wants to. He wants to be the star. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So in in his monologue, Jupe says that him and his wife, I think, were out with a. He specifically says a chestnut horse called Trigger, mm -hmm. and that's such a cool little reference for all our silent generation peeps <laughs> in the audience. It's for you, Joe. It's for you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trigger was Roy Rogers' horse, maybe, honestly, maybe the most famous actor horse of all time. Mm -hmm. A chestnut-colored horse that starred in, like, a gajillion movies. I just thought it was, like, a neat... It, like, I don't even know if he has a horse called Trigger. I could honestly see this character just using that as, like, especially because it's all Western-themed yep. and stuff. It, it's a legend. Neat, yeah, it's a mm -hmm. little, neat little nod. But apparently that was the first horse that, <laughs> I guess, was eaten or taken by what he thinks... He doesn't realize this is an animal. No, he thinks it's aliens. Aliens in a ship. He calls them the viewers. The viewers. Very on-brand. Wink, with the, wink. All the theme. Also, Earth Earlier, Angel says when he's talking about aliens, he's like, you know, the little guys with the big eyes, you mm. know, it's they're looking at you. They're viewers, right? Yeah. He says the viewers have yet to emerge from their ship. So yeah. he does think it's a ship. And he says, yeah, it's 613 that night, which if you remember, six minutes and 13 seconds is the length of the Gordy rampage. Mm -hmm. But 613 p.m. That's when he sees and the saucer. It, and you know what? And just like you said with Trigger, wondering if that's actually his horse name, I wonder if that was actually the time right. or if he is just using that to embellish his own legend. Like, isn't like, that crazy? The coincidence this must be, you know, this must be kind of destined to be i have this connection i'm mm -hmm. special right? yeah yeah so he's he's trying to put on a show where they're gonna feed this horse lucky uh to the ship but lucky doesn't want to leave yeah and the ship has been real messed up after consuming that plastic horse because that thing is stuck mm -hmm. in its digestive system and it's been throwing him off a lot yeah so it comes in and it's probably uh, like hungrier than it normally that's why it shows up early probably yeah so it shows up early and when Lucky won't leave, his wife says, uh, trained animals can be unpredictable. Another theme throughout, obviously, yeah. Gordy. Uh, what they're trying to do with these aliens. With this alien, yeah. 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 And uh, yeah, this alien comes in and... One thing I want to note before all these people get sucked up yeah. in one of the most horrifying sequences I've seen lately. <laughs> uh, the, the actress, speaking of my uh, kind of 
the motif of like balloons and hot air. And honestly, even they're in a hot air balloon, the Wizard of Oz, right? Yeah. Yeah. They like leave right? in a hot air balloon with the wizard at one point. At least in the fucking. Uh, or at least they try to leave and then she clicks her heels. There's definitely a hot air balloon. There, in there. is a hot air balloon. I can remember Depp in one in one of the Burton movies, like the second Alice. Or wait, am I thinking of Alice? You're thinking of the James Franco. One. No, yeah, that's what that's it. I'm thinking of the James Franco wizard Sam Raimi one yeah oh okay and Oz yeah he's the in a powerful. fucking hot air balloon yeah, for yeah. sure yeah so yeah the the child actress who's at this show has a hot air balloon like pin on her shirt and it's also just yeah the motif of like hot air and things not being anything she also has a shirt uh and this is the actress picture of herself on it of her younger self and you know it, it's that like living off that fame that you got as a kid yeah. and, uh, and also exploiting just, your own image. This is what I actually am. Yeah. It's sad, man. It's this character makes sad. me real sad. And, and yeah, he introduces her as like his co-star and first crush, which is sweet, but like it, she's there, yeah, decked out in this fucking Gordy's home she's stuff. She's in like, she's on like a scooter. Yeah. It's oh, man. fucking tragic. And then, yeah, this thing just vacuums all these people up. And they're all screaming except for Steven, who's just looking up and his face is just like, is it the realization that he fucked oh, up? Fu- I think it is. I think it is like a, oh, I, I'm yeah. Not I'm not special. <sighs> and they all get sucked up into this fucking bounce house of nightmares it like the texture inside this thing made me so uncomfortable because it feels like you're i feel like it it looks like a deflating bounce house or something or like and the shot of it like being a profile view of these people going being pulled up into this tube they're all screaming slimy and sweaty you can see there's like a it's almost like killer clowns there's like a like weird kind of mummified looking horse in there no it's the plastic horse that's blocking its digestive tract yeah yeah. Oh, I just thought it was like a horse. So this ate. thing is trying to eat, but that fucking plastic horse has been oh, preventing him. Yeah. I didn't realize that was oh, the plastic Oh, man. One. That, that shot is just horrific. And, this, you know, we're, Stephen Young's character, the, the reason why he's my favorite is because, like, the way we're talking about him, you might think, like, oh, so he's a bad guy. And, like... I don't know. He's fucking up and no, he's, he's exploiting things, but he also is a product of this system. He's an American. Yeah. Like I He's a fucking cowboy. He's, he's a, yeah, yeah. He's, he literally is he's yeah, all like cowboy aesthetic. It's like um, such American dream shit. He's got a wife and three kids and he's doing what we all kind of tell ourselves to do especially in America is like yeah, just, you know, it's all about pursuing it's profit and success at the expense of all else, honestly. Yeah. Or and exceptionalism. He thinks he's special. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think he's malicious. No. Just uh, misguided and and tragic. Like this whole fucking scene is yeah. so fucked up, man. And this is the end of the horror part of the movie. I'd say. Yeah. Is you see those people mm, get? I don't know. There is like the. The house with the blood. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The house being drenched by a blood yeah. downpour. You're right. That might be a little bit hor- horrific. I-, I just feel like this movie could have taken this turn and stuck down this path of being horrific and terrifying, but it doesn't. It kind of it detours into the horror and then comes back out and becomes like a fun adventure movie. Like, saucer, the creature makes its way over to the Haywood 
house, uh, and this is the scene where it's it's Daniel Kaluuya like in his car, just kind of because he got lucky back. Yeah, he went and got lucky from because mm-hmm, he respects his animals. He treats them as beings, not just things to be profited from. Right. So he goes and gets the horse, and now he's just sitting in this car, and this thing is just over their house, and this is yeah, he's kind of he's waiting there. And then he kind of sticks his head out and just, nope, nope, just shuts the door. And Huge laugh in the theater. Yeah. At first, I remember the first time I saw this sequence, I was like, he's just kind of sitting, like, what are we kind of do? Like, this felt like, are we spinning our wheels? Like, what's going on? And I think the second time it made me realize a little bit how, like, in horror movies, I think people complain about characters being dumb or you yell at the screen for characters to do stuff or... The idea that, like, if that was me, I would just leave kind of thing. And this is the version of a horror movie where the character does that. And you realize it's not very exciting to watch. Because he, he locks the door and he sleeps and overnight he, in the car. And he sits there. Yeah. And he does what you would do because you're smart, right? <laughs> and you would be the person saying, nope, and just waiting. And it's like, oh, wait, it's not a very uh, interesting movie if the whole thing is this. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, because I don't think we've made it clear. If you've seen the movie, obviously it is. the When the alien's around, electronics are don't work. Right. So that's why he can't just drive away. Electronics and, and mechanical things. Uh, Angel and M are in the house. And one of my favorite things is it's storming, right? It's raining. And this they thing. You hear it screaming to all the screams. All those screams from all those people up there. But it go it comes over the house and they realize it because now the rain isn't just outside the window. It's further out because this thing is blocking the rain. Like the rain, it's, it's a little umbrella. He mm-hmm. calls it the umbrella monster mm-hmm. later. So I just love that visual. And then, yeah, this thing is like, I can't eat these people or I'm trying to digest, whatever. Somehow, cr- it, silence from all the screams and then blood. Yeah, just barfs them all out. Just fucking. It's disgusting. Carrie White's the house. Blood everywhere. It's awesome. Again, you see, tying back to that opening scene, keys and small things coming out. You're like, okay, this is what happens. The the actress's scooter ends up on the roof. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, they leave for a little while. They go to Angel's apartment. They play VR. Yeah, they're like playing on these VR helmets, yeah. which OJ isn't because he's, you know, he's not the, okay, let's just pretend that this doesn't exist. Yeah, they don't even want to talk about it. And he's like, no, we have to. We have to go back and, yeah. While this scene, they're in this fast food place that I mentioned was also in Us. There's like a fight yes, outside. I wrote this down. I was like, there's a fight between soccer teams I think or it's baseball outside? players. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's, uh, there's uh, two baseball teams and one of them is from out of town. And so I think it's just a territorial thing. Yeah. It's a fight over the territory. Okay. They're like, get out of here. This isn't your place. And it's like, the, this animal has marked its territory oh, as the ranch. Because I, I did write that connection. down with a bunch of question marks. Mm-hmm. I like that explanation. Yeah. Just a little thing, you know? That's, that's the fucking fun thing about Peel movies. Just little things that tie into the themes. Yeah, yeah. M's going to walk away, but then at that moment, she gets a text from Michael Wincott. Mm-hmm. That's when Michael Wincott comes to the Haywood farm, and they're all kind of talking about, okay, what's our basically theories on what this this thing is? Why is it here? They think it's settled down because of Jupe, because feeding it. Jupe is feeding it. For the kind past of like, six months, been feeding it a horse every Friday. It's like feeding a bear or mm-hmm. something and then being shocked when it mauls someone. Like, it's getting used to... They say it got caught up trying to tame a predator, and uh, Michael Wincott even mentions Siegfried and Roy. Siegfried and Roy, yeah. And that, that's it. He just says Siegfried and Roy. So if you don't know, 
that they are the Vegas Tiger trainers, and one of them uh, got its head, their head bitten by a tiger, yeah, survived, like mauled, but yeah. was a big Again, thing. I remember when that happened. Thing that when we were like, how would they ever make fun of Gordy? That's insane. But like Siegfried and Roy was. Those jokes were everywhere. Yeah, that guy got fucking mauled by a tiger. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Uh, this is when the movie goes full on Jaws and Tremors. You know, they're sitting around, they're planning on how to defeat the beast. Yeah, to, uh, they want need to get the star out of his trailer. Yeah. Michael oh, yeah. Wincott get the says. star out of the trailer. Yeah. Michael Wincott is very much the the quint. Such a quint <laughs> character. He's Captain Ahab. Like, it's great. He brings this non-electric camera. It's like a crank camera. Oh, man. And when the, they, the high Their fives high that they do. And so I told good. you he was going to yeah. bring a non-electric camera. Yeah, yeah. Love it. And that's when they, they, they're kind of named for the the creature's jean jacket. They name it after another horse that they had. That was supposed to be M's. It was supposed to be M's. But then got used for Scorpion King. Scorpion King, King, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Their plan is they use a bunch of wacky, waving, inflatable arm men that they get (laughs) from like a... It's like a place down the street from It's like them. a used car like a, place yeah. or something, yeah. There's a shit ton of them. Mm-hmm. And they, they set them all up. My favorite is Michael Wincott goes, how exquisitely stupid is that? When they're all <laughs> <laughs> dancing around. It's great. This, Yeah, this is what reminded me of Tremors. It's mm-hmm. like, let's turn this whole little town into a booby trap kind of thing. Well, they're just trying to get this shot of it. Yeah. I don't think at this point they're trying to kill it or do anything. No. They just want to record it and get their Oprah shot. And that's why they have the penance on the back of Lucky. Because now it knows that penance, it, if it eats those, it'll get all... It has a negative association with them after eating the plastic horse, which had those penance around it. So, yeah, they, they put them on Lucky to protect it. Because even Antler, uh, Ant is like, why don't we just feed it a horse and get the shot? And Angel's like, no, we can't. These are horse people. Right. Like, they respect the animal. Antler would use it just for filmic purposes. Right. Uh, so to protect Lucky the horse, they have those flags on. The shot of him, like, unveiling that is so fucking great. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, th- he, it's not until they're being chased that he unleashes those pennants mm-hmm. as to ward off the mm-hmm. creature. Uh, the wacky waving guys are all used so that they can track where it is because when they fail, it is a sign that it is near that. So that's a way to track mm-hmm, its movement. Because it'll deflate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so they, they get a shot of this creature. Uh, I do like that the when he's filming uh, OJ on the horse, it looks a lot like the footage of the jockey. Oh yeah, which we didn't even beginning. mention. Yeah. And which, yeah, uh, one of my favorite little things is in the beginning when M is giving the safety mm-hmm. speech, she's giving it all. It's great. And she said, my great, great, great granddaddy. And then OJ's like, there's another great. And she said, another great in there. And then later you see her watching a tape of her dad doing it. And he says it the exact way she does. So she just memorized She just memorized the tape. Word for and word. And add another great because she's his daughter. Yeah. <laughs> it's love great. That. I love it. Yeah. It's a good detail. Yeah. Uh, this is when a guy on a motorcycle shows up. And um, it's like paparazzi. They call him TMZ. TMZ yeah. uh, and they they mentioned they mentioned this earlier as a potential danger because they say we gotta get this shot because uh, when this gets out, people will come and try to take it all for themselves. Right. Because Jupe and his forty guests disappearing has made the news. Yeah. People are wondering what where happened. Where those people went. And that's where this guy on the motorcycle shows up to investigate what's happening. He basically interrogates M like you're their neighbors, right? Like you what what happened? Did you like what what were you guys doing that, you know, just being kind of a dick about it? And she's like, "We're uh shooting a Verizon commercial, <laughs> so please funny, leave." Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> and th this guy is the most uh, broad character, I think. Yeah. Because, like, he gets knocked down when his bike stops working, which is insane. It's so great because he hits the, like, electro... Like, the, the... Basically, the point where the creature is therefore electronics stop working so he hits it with his bike and just goes flying yeah and when oj tries to help him he's like oh did you get that on camera like dude get get a picture and so that's definitely the most broad uh again character. this is i feel like jordan peele's like you, you have like how do you not understand what the movie is this, about by now this is thing. the the thing where it's like oh logan paul you didn't understand it, that you're in this movie very funny that <laughs> you're logan the guy paul, on the bike like it, logan paul is the guy on the bike yeah because he's mostly interested in did you get that on camera make yourself famous by getting it on camera right. like oh i'm my body is broken but like let me make sure i get a selfie with it yeah you know uh that guy gets eaten and killed <laughs> yes he does so yeah they they get a shot of this thing, but Michael Wincott's like, no, I need to get the impossible shot. Well, no, he says we don't deserve the impossible. This is one more thing where I'm not 100% on his motivation because he says we don't deserve the impossible, but then he does take a handheld crank camera and like gets right up into this thing, sucking him up, and he's like filming it while he's getting. So I, I don't know what's going on. He wants to get a shot inside of it, like being eaten by it, which is impossible. Sure. There's also... Because think of, like, the footage he's editing is, like, of a snake eating a tire or something. Oh, it's yeah. It's, like, so what would be the impossible shot is, like, the act of being eaten by something. I don't know. Yeah, he that, this whole, like, thing, and that's why I compared him to Captain Ahab, too, is it's just, like, you might not get the actual shot. You might not get the kill. Or, like, you'll be killed while you're doing the thing, but you did it, so therefore... You, it doesn't matter if you die or not mm -hmm. kind of thing. There's also a shot of him taking some pills mm -hmm. when they're setting up. So maybe it's to indicate that he has some health issues and maybe, you know, that's why he's willing to sacrifice himself for kind of no reason or to just get this shot. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's an Ahab thing. I think it's, he's obsessed with the art. He's, he's the more extreme of OJ where like he is all work. Yeah. You know, and it, it is, he will sacrifice himself for the work. And OJ won't. OJ is, nope, close the door. Okay. You know, so there's still a, a he's showing that there's, there's a spectrum mm. of you want to do no work and the fame, or you want to do all work and, and no fame. fame. Mm. And mm -hmm. that's the different uh, sides of it. It's, I see. Is what I... I like, yeah, 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 that works. Yeah, he's, he's so Ahab. He's Van Helsing. He's, yeah, he's the monster hunter who's also the monster. Yeah, or like even if you think of that same scale in terms of one end, you have M, who is like she wants to consume the reward of this without doing the work. Literally, the other end of it is he is consumed by the work. Mm. You know, yeah, consumed by the work for right. sure. Uh, well, with their footage gone, they're in a bit of a pickle. So, uh... <laughs> like, that guy just shows up at your house with his fucking cape or whatever on. Yeah, he's almost got, like, a skirt on. It's like, you see a lot of leg. I like it. <laughs> I lo And he's got, like, the earring. I love his look in this. So great. This is, like, the big kind of, like, 
cowboy sequence. Almost. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, the shot of uh, this thing chasing after OJ and he unleashes the the flags and the music there is so the fucking cool. The score is so good. And it's the, the most big adventure sounding score. Shout out to Michael Abels who oh is the gosh. composer of Get Out and Us, and I think with this movie got to play around with themes and stuff because I'm assuming so he did great. the Jupiter's Claim music, which has been stuck <laughs> in my head for weeks. <laughs> But, yeah, I think he's having a fun time. Uh, the alien, like, veers off, and, you know, OJ gets injured. The alien is trying to suck up um, Angel, but gets a lot of barbed wire. And so this, I think, is the alien is now fucked up. He has consumed a lot of stuff he shouldn't be consuming, including barbed wire. And this is when it starts to leave its um, uh, flying saucer appearance yeah, it and become more like a fucking angel yeah, or I, a squid i've seen a lot of people compare it to like a biblical angel which makes sense with like the, you know we have a biblical passage in the beginning mm -hmm. we have angel literally angel the character and apparently i didn't know this until last night but apparently jordan peele did confirm that the design of this creature was inspired by the angels in uh Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh, sure. Which are these big kind of like weird eldritch beasts. Uh, and also, I, I saw this on Reddit, so I won't take credit for it. But uh, it's interesting that the the alien is now be showing its true self as opposed to what it assumed people wanted it to look like, which was a flying saucer. Sure. And I think Gordy also removes... Yeah, he takes he, the little hat off. He, yeah, he knocks his hat off. He's removing the the way that people want him to be seen and showing his, his true self yeah. when he's an animal, like, killing people. Also, I think it's kind of weird that the alien, when it's in its sauce, it looks like a hat. I thought it looked like a mushroom a little bit. Like, if yeah. you take a stem off a mushroom, it's like the cap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's cool. I like it a lot. Yeah, because I even if you look at the posters for Nope, when they're, they're all kind of looking up, because Steven oh. Young has, like, a hat on, and yeah. it just, it looks... Yeah, the shape yeah, yeah. is just, it looks like a cowboy hat. Similar, yeah. Mm -hmm. And oh, I do like, I mean, we have to point out the alien's kind of like mouth looks like a, a camera. Um, oh, I thought, I think it might be its eye. Is the that green its, square? Oh, that makes more maybe? sense. Maybe? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Or it's, it's yeah, that makes, yeah, like its eye almost doesn't matter because it's like either one, it's consumption in some kind of way, whether sure. you're seeing or eating something. And yeah, so. Had we, if we didn't make it clear, this thing OJ realizes later is like, if you look at it directly, it'll eat you. So that's kind of how they avoid is not looking at it directly. And so now he's trying to allow M the chance to get away. So he's looking at it and she wants to save him. So she starts looking at it and this thing keeps going back and forth between the two of them. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, it eventually OJ, who is injured, but on a horse, which is also great little moment. You're like, how's this injured guy going to get on a horse? And it shows him taking the horse down, just like we saw his dad doing in the beginning yeah, of the movie. like it lays down. It and lays then down to get on get it. Yep, nice yeah. little callback. But uh, so she takes off and the alien starts following her. Yeah, she does an Akira slide on the motorcycle. And it's fucking cool. In Jupiter's claim, yeah. Yeah. And then this uh, well picture thing, which was also set up earlier, of yeah. course. Yeah, so she unties the giant balloon of jupe. Mm -hmm. And it flips. I love this. It's so, so good. It's so funny. This like balloon where he's like got his little thumbs is he have a thumbs up or is he i don't know what he's he doing pointing? he's doing something I yeah if it's a thumbs up that's hilarious it's very funny yeah up. i forget if it is <laughs> uh so he she unties this balloon it floats up into the sky and yeah she uses the the winking well is what it's called she puts mm. in 
uh, coins, uh, which is interesting because a, a wink, literally, if you think about how a camera works, is a wink, yeah, is a, a shutter, wink. yeah, yeah. So she, yeah, cranks this like mechanical, this like hand crank camera to take photos of it and finally gets, yeah, the money shot, essentially. Because, yeah, this thing, it looks like a person. Looks like it's looking at the alien. So the yeah, alien comes the, in. Yeah, the jute balloon just looks like a big person, mm-hmm. so it eats it. And she gets the shot, he eats it, and then the thing blows up, just like the popping balloon set off Gordy. Mm-hmm. This popping balloon destroys this fucking thing. It kills it, puts yeah. it down. It's just a fucking floating corpse. It's gross. Yeah. And it's like you said, it's just like Gordy. It was this animal. Because this was a point that you made when we left the theater the second time. How both these were animals that they were trying to train and use for their own purposes. They reverted to their animalistic nature. And then the people were like, well, gotta kill them. All right, we gotta, yeah. Kind of like how, you know, Lucky had to get fired because Lucky didn't do his job. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, like this alien is, it's... It's a creature. It's amoral. It's hungry. It realizes, oh, I can get food uh, over here because this guy is feeding me horses every night. Okay. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. <laughs> I'll hang out over here. And I think it is then perfect that a version of Jupe is the same thing that kills him because yeah, being lured in by Jupe is just this, he's doomed. He this. killed Jupe. Jupe killed him, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But we it's, get- yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, it is like Gordy. We take this creature out of its habitat we try and uh use it for our personal entertainment and then when it's too much we kill it yep yeah uh love the hero shot of oj when she sees him and the dust is parting and he's there it's in his so very bright great. orange hoodie fucking great uh as we discussed with gressel when we came out there's never a shot of them grabbing the picture that comes out mm-hmm. or taking the picture, it is no longer a concern as far as them. And I think that's necessary because, you know, it's they have moved past the fame and fortune uh, aspect and they're just happy to be alive. It was the, the respect for the creature as a, a thing that allowed them to survive rather than a thing to profit off of. Yeah, I think kind of, from my understanding of both these characters by the end, I can't see either of them feeling great about profiting off of, like, they killed a pretty incredible creature. Yeah. Like, I think she she rolls her eyes at the press that are there yep, at the entrance at the of, end, yeah, yeah, which is, if that was her from the first third of this movie, she would be all like, all oh, it. yeah, yep. like, here, I, here's my, I do this, I do motorcycles, <laughs> yeah. And Angel survived, too. Angel did survive, too. Which is nice, because he seemed like a nice boy. Yeah. I hope he finds a nice girlfriend who isn't on the CW. Yeah. Yeah, so that's... Nope. I bet there's more we could talk about. I know. I'm sorry for rushing at the end. It's just such a long episode, and uh, also we've got a concert to go to tonight, so uh, apologies for that, but also we didn't want to be here for three hours, even though we could have been. This movie fucking rules. I hope that if you were lukewarm on the movie or even didn't like it, I hope that maybe our discussion made you like it or appreciate it a little more. That's my hope, because I can't stop thinking about this movie. Yeah, I know. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Well, cool. Uh, I guess that's it for this week. Uh, Social media? Sure. At Dead Meat James on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And I'm at Carebeck, C-R-E-B-E-C-C, on Twitter and Instagram. And if you want merch, deadmeatstore.com. Yeah. Thank you, Gressel, for being our producer, as always. Thumbs up. Thumbs Thumbs up. up. Wish we had you on a mic, but then it would have really run three hours. Yes, this would have been so long. (laughs) Cool. Well, I guess until next time, uh, I'm Chelsea. And I'm James. 
And this has been the Dead Meat Podcast. <laughs>